Ho, ho, ho. Merry New Year. I am, as ever, joined here in the lonesome, small hideaway that we call Bulldog Towers. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Claire, how are you? Hi, Mary. I'm not bad. How are you? Uh, yes, not too bad. Thank you very much. This damn infernal cold is uh, holding me back, but uh, never mind. Um, ben, how are you? Have no fear, it's the new year. I'm very good, thanks. I've uh, started my new year gym membership. Uh, well, I started it yesterday, I cancelled it this morning. Do you so need a membership to be uh, a, a friend of Jim? It, yeah, he's very exclusive. <laughs> Jolly good. So, uh, your gym membership didn't last uh, any longer than um, the interregnum of presidents. Exactly that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about exercise, but the weight just stays on. I don't really know how this, this exercising thing works. I'm probably doing it wrong. That in itself is progress, I'm led to believe. Uh, Claire, have you got any uh, resolutions that you have uh, resolutely failed to adhere to? Actually, this year I have decided not to make any. I'm going to keep up with the one I did last year, I made last year. So you've resolved to not make any resolutions? Yeah. Mm. Whether she thinks she's postmodern or not, I'm not too sure. No, but I just couldn't think of anything, to be honest. There you go. There you go. Give up giving up. Um, my resolution this year is to um, provide more help and assistance and guidance to our students. Hooray! It's yeah. very noble of you, Merrick. Well, above and beyond the call of duty, Claire, that's all I can say. Um, so what we've decided to do this month um, is actually put down your pen and paper, relax, relax, because we are not going to test you or quiz you. We're not going to make you do listening exercises. We're going to give you a series of heartfelt, heartfelt, heartfelt and handy hints as to how to maintain and continually improve your English skills. Isn't that right? Well, this year on the Chinese calendar is the year of English. Uh, usually it's an animal, but Come this again. year it is the year of English. I thought it was the year of the cockerel. No. Well, the English cockerel, yes. C Claire, do you have the internet to hand while Ben is spouting this utter nonsense? Um, no. Well, I could get it to hand, but... <laughs> if we can call upon our resident fact checker... Forget about the internet. We don't need it. I'm here. I'm more or less like the original internet. Before the internet, I, I am older than the internet as well. So zero zero one 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 zero 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 one 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 one. That is my nickname. So anyway, yeah. uh, we're going to provide our listener with um, various different Hello, alternative Mom. methods of making this year your year to dominate the English language. This, this is the false friend translation from Spanish, isn't it? Dominar, uh, to dominate the language. But uh, I mean it quite literally. You can dominate, make English your, your you know what, B star sign <laughs> T C H rooster. It is so the rooster. Rolls, there you see. Um, can I just say, Ben, one nil in your face. It's one nil to me. Or? No, it, 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 it's a Chinese uh, year of the rooster or cockerel. Yes. <sighs> Why did I know that? Because it is the emblem of my beloved Tottenham Hotspur, and obviously we're going to win the league. This is going to come is back it, and a, Is it an obviously. omen? No. Is it an no, omen? no, that's a film. That's a bad thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign. That's also a film. If it, she's good. She's good. <laughs> she's good. So, You've um, changed. You've changed. I don't know what happened over Christmas, but did you watch some films? Is that what happened? Yeah, you're right. 
Mm-hmm. That's a joke. <laughs> well, we're going to go one by one and give some of our top tips for improving, developing your English this year. Um, the, t- the type of... The- the type of advice that we feel as teachers you don't really find in the the books and uh, various websites that make lots of money out of their teaching techniques. Um, type of alternative advice that we have collated over years of experience. And also the type of advice that we think is a little bit more fun than just sitting down with a, your nose in a book. Uh, so, who's going to go first? Claire, would you like to kick off with some of Me, your... Me, I guess. Yeah, your, your pearls of wisdom. So, I guess my tips are ones that I've used as a language learner. It's obviously, the, all of us uh, are learning Spanish, or have been learning Spanish. Occasionally. Que dices? Que. Que. So, the two tips I have, well, one tip and one kind of more general um, piece of advice are things that I've used myself. Uh, the first one I had was to keep your vocabulary visible. So what I mean by that is we've all been in class and we've um, heard a new phrase or a new word and thought, oh, that's a good word, that's useful. I, I would to- I'll totally be able to use that. We write it down in our little notebooks, then we close the notebook and we go home and we never see it or use it again. She is literally unstitching one of my pieces of advice as we speak. Yeah. So... What I'm saying, what I'm saying, <laughs> don't make me laugh. What I'm saying is, what what I used to do when I was in Erasmus for um, for Spanish is when we learned a new word, it, it started off with just basic things like um, things in our house, cutlery, mirrors. We'd stick a post-it. Dead bodies. Yeah. Just, uh, on occasion, <laughs> depends what the night before had been like. Um, <laughs> this is. I've just got this image of this <laughs> mad apartment covered in post-it notes. Well. No she hasn't even got there yet. <laughs> oh, it, we used to, yeah, that's events spoiled the whole idea. We used to stick post-it notes on things that we didn't know Dead how bodies. to say what what the word was in Spanish. But it doesn't have to be that excessive. You don't have to stick post-it notes all over your house. But somewhere near your bed or near your desk, you hear a new word and you think, oh, "I like that word." Stick it up. Don't write the translation. Don't this write the translation. No, okay. Just stick the word up. And if you look at it and you go, "Oh, I don't know what that was," go and look it up. Still don't write translation. And eventually, you'll see the word and you'll go, oh, yeah, that means that. And it'll stick in your mind. So you're, you're trying to create a visual stimulus. Yeah, keep it visual. visual um, Visible. Connection in yeah. your, your learnt language, in your yeah. second, third, whatever mm-hmm. language it is. The we, second, we have to say, we yeah. have to say that uh, Claire's Spanish is superior to ours. And we haven't used the, the obsessive post-it method. <laughs> So maybe that's what we're doing wrong. Maybe we should start to stick post-its on things around our houses, Ben. Maybe next time I meet you and your delightful young man, your girlfriend, for coffee, she'll have a post-it on her forehead. I found one on Novia. <laughs> with, a, with a question mark. Just what is this? I don't know the word for it. I found one on the, the back of my jacket once at school, and I can tell you what, it did not say teacher, <laughs> but it did begin with a T. I thought you were going to say it said kick this. Or kick me. <laughs> it was you, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a, a second step to this, which um, is probably very obvious, but use the phrase. So try and make an effort to use whatever the word or phrase is when you're practicing. It's 
So use your vocabulary yeah. in context mm -hmm. to develop these synaptic links between the new new vocabulary and, and this what is, the thing this is. is this is very important in a sense, isn't it? Because we all know from our uh, experience of learning a, a language at school, and um, French is probably the best case study for us. I guarantee all three of us now, if we had to do a rapid fire French vocabulary quiz, we'd all remember words for campsite equipment animals and animals um and uh places on the uh, west coast of uh, france where our fictitious pen pals all lived um you're right it, it is about uh practical useful vocabulary now this ties nicely into some of the things that um i wanted to suggest people do which is um very much take control of your learning there is a habit, there is a habit of people to bury their nose in books. And you know this, you know how this works. The good students, you know, you open up their textbooks or their notebooks and it's immaculate, it's all neat, tidy notes and there's highlighter everywhere. And, you know, you end up with a situation, you're looking through the grammar notes of their book and every phrase is, has, has been highlighted. And so you say, no, take control in a sense. You don't have to swallow the entire um, grammar reference. You need to be able to recognise the language that is practical and applicable to your daily life. So the first way you do that is, in your own language, make some notes over the course of a few days, maybe about a week, of the average, daily, regular, continual conversations that you have. And then sit down over the weekend and think to yourself, can I have these conversations in English? Where do the stumbling blocks in my language come up? which uh, effectively leads you to what I call self-diagnostic learning, identifying the gaps in your vocabulary and your grammar. Um, is this ringing any bells with uh, a practical approach for you guys, or you're just looking at your mobiles to make me feel small? No, absolutely. I mean, I, I often... Um, when when I, I'm in a situation where I have to use Spanish, um, I often find gaps obvious gaps in my my understanding of the language and i walk away from that situation thinking i must learn that quite essential verb that i'm missing from my vocabulary i never do though yeah that's r r rule number three don't be like ben dedicate yourself ben ben me and claire have done uh, very earnest and honest presentations brief and i'm on, done finished. on genuine <laughs> tips and your tip to uh, my mum out there listening to us is don't be like me. Yeah. Don't be That's like it. Ben. Yeah. Brilliant. There's, there's only enough room for one incredibly <laughs> handsome chap. Brilliant. In this studio. Uh, okay. Uh, so do you actually have any practicable advice to give? Or should I go back to Claire to give some more? I do, yes. And I think it ties in nicely with both of the things that, that you've said. Um, my advice is quite simple. All, I think all of the things that we would like to say, the things that we would like to promote, are very, very obvious they're very, very basic pieces of advice. but Make Ansel great again. People need to be reminded um, because it's so easy to lose um, motivation and run out of steam when you're, when you're faced with um, books and books of grammar, um, specifically. My advice is thus, uh, keep it English. So what I mean by that is you need to have a dedicated routine to your studies. You need to have... A time, uh, it doesn't have to be the same time every day, but you need to acknowledge the fact that you're going to dedicate a specific amount of time to your studying. 
and that time is your English hour or your English 20 minutes. If you've only got 20 minutes, if you're very busy, um, but you need to be absolutely dedicated to that. I would I would add to that slightly. I'm sure maybe Claire has an, has an opinion on this as well. I would say, not necessarily, I think it's a brilliant idea. I totally agree. Uh, 20 minutes a day, maybe mm. after a couple of weeks, 25 minutes a day, you can increase your time as you go. But I, I wouldn't necessarily set it aside simply as studying. For me, no, 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 the key no. for English is I'm practice. I'm not finished. Oh, um, this well, is I your, beg your pardon. This is your immersive time. And when I say immersive, I mean that you have to shut out any kind of uh, distractions from your your native language. So you Like need an to, English isolation tank, yeah, if you will. Yeah, basically, basically, you have to explore not just the language. I think it's very useful to learn a little bit about the culture um, related to not what, British English, American English, whatever your, your direction is that you're taking. But you should learn a little bit about the culture. And I, I was thinking about this recently. I was thinking about the different ways that you can um, stimulate your learning through uh, the different senses. So, obviously, you have visual which is uh, watching tv series watching films things like that uh listening there's so many th different things that you can do with listening which i'm going to i'm going to give some examples of things that you can listen to in a moment but uh listen generically listen generically listen to ben podcasts like this one uh, or any other there are so many on any topic you can imagine i always tell my students that the internet is big yes but in English, it's bigger. Exactly. Um, exactly. I always recommend BBC Radio 4, without exception to anybody. You will always find something you are interested in. I think in. We'll, we'll go through a list of different things that we can, we can recommend in a moment. Um, okay. So that's, that's, the, that's the ears and the eyes. Moving on to... The nose. The nose. <laughs> I, I he hasn't prepared anything for I the nose. Did, <laughs> I honestly didn't know what to say for the nose. I don't know. Well, why don't you use, why don't you use the nose Print after off a picture the of the Queen and sniff it. I don't know. Um, Do the mouth taste. one first. Please, yes. please notice, ladies and gentlemen, a picture of the Queen. Yes, the Queen. Not, not our Queen. queen. Not, not a queen. Not Freddie Mercury. Not yet. Not, not yet. Not Queen the band without the definitive article. Notice there is only a definitive article in front of... One queen, the queen. Exactly. That's why they call it Great Britain. Exactly. It's great. It's not called Great Spain, is it? Nah. Nah. Anyway, taste. Um, my lots recommendation. Of, there's lots of taste in England. Yeah. Is that um, well, most most countries I think have a very negative um, perspective of this is it this British stereotype that we can't cook. But I'm not just talking about Britain. I'm talking about English speaking culture. So that does unfortunately include America. Um, Explore recipes from it's gonna English be great. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. English speaking countries. Uh, I mean, uh, you you print off the recipe, you go through the instructions in English, you you cook it, you eat it, and you go. And then mm. you can smell it, and there you go. You've covered you the can nose. Smell it as well. Yeah, you can touch it. You <laughs> well, stick your finger in it, there. it is funny. It's funny I, actually because uh, one of the best recommendations for TV shows. To, uh, to to start watching when you're f when you're in that learning stage, you're not quite confident enough to use language in its full force, but you have the desire and the energy to do so. Is is cooking programs mm -hmm. yeah. because you have the, the visual context, you yeah. have the ability to. You can very quickly, in context, isolate the the language. You can see which 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 verbs refer to which actions as they're doing them, and you can see which which grammar, which vocabulary refers to which nouns. And I, I think it's it's very clear the the kind of structures, the grammatical structures that they use in the instructions. Absolutely, you, you can learn some very interesting uh, ways of expressing yourself 
And uh, talking about cooking programs, I mean, you always have these flamboyant presenters, and when they stick a spoon of something gorgeous in their mouth, they'll say, "Oh, that is absolutely wonderlicious." I, I, do, I do like I do like Ben's uh, appropriate use of the word "gorgeous." There, "gorgeous" is a beautiful word in English, and I have found that uh, the Spanish struggle to understand how we can use. A uh, such a delightfully tasting word in the mouth to describe all kinds of things: the attractiveness of a lady, the in the pleasure. Or of a man. Or, or a man can be gorgeous. As, gorgeous. Oh, you're gorgeous! Yeah. Exactly. It is a word that is used to describe something that is it, that is very nice mm. on multiple sense levels. Um, do be warned, though, uh, if you're going to take on board some cookery shows to help you with your English and follow Ben's advice of. Cooking along with them, for example, with recipes. Um, Nigella Lawson, uh, very gorgeous, very buxom, and very sensual with her uh, vocabulary. Uh, lots of double entendre there. But you do have to basically have a four million pound house in a very specific three mile radius of London with special queens provided uh, grocery shops to, put, to get all the ingredients for her food. You know, she says, mm. this is something you can just use with the, uh, the veal that's lying around in the... Uh, in the parlour. What? Sorry? Well, if you follow a basic recipe, I think something that, something that can pull all of these things together very easy is uh, bring all of your English immersion hours together and have a little get-together with your friends, have a little party, cook some English food or some American some food. Nosh. Yeah, some nice, Yeah, some nice nosh. And uh, something that we do, actually quite often, I'm going to admit this on, on air, as it were, um, play a board game. Play a game in English, um, read the instructions in English, and then argue with each other in English about who's wrong and who's right and why, and push your English language to its limits with a belly full of steak and kidney pie. Be warned, be warned that British food especially is designed as a slow-release carbohydrate comfort food in cold weather, so be aware that you are going to feel extraordinarily stuffed. You'll need a lot of alcohol to get through um, it. Well, Ben and I again can speak from brutal, brutal personal experience that uh, we had a delightful English-themed uh, lunch rather than a dinner, which was the first mistake, in which we ate a lot of rather filling carbohydrate material and then had to walk quite quickly as well uh, to go to another appointment. And uh, did I spend... 45 minutes lying on a sofa when we got there. <laughs> we were we were on separate sofas and we communicated with each other through, through groans. Through grunts. Yeah. <laughs> it, was even, it was even too much of a challenge to loosen the belt. Do not, I repeat, do not have English winter fare in uh, peak June in Spain. That is my warning. Claire, could you give us some more English tip advice? Some or more English tip advice. Well, I would say something something that you said which I'm going to agree with partly. You said, um, don't stick your nose in a book. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's so bad to stick your nose in a book as long as it's maybe not a grammar book. Mm -hmm. that's, um, that's why point. not pick up a novel that's or a an autobiography? Point. or Just um, pick, up, pick up a book related to one of your interests or a magazine or, and read it because... Let's face it, when we're reading in class and it's the, the standard text, they're mostly dead boring. 
So if you pick up something that's... Or about climate change. Or about climate change, yeah. (laughs) Or politics or something. But if you pick up something that you're interested in, if that happens to be politics or sport, then you're going to be much more inclined to read it. This is something I was going to say about listening material as well. For example, context is key. There are podcasts out there, for example, where people do reviews of the Spanish football weekend results in English. So if you find something you have a familiar context with and you, you enjoy... Your brain will push it that extra Can step. Can we give some examples of those podcasts? I'd like to just jump in and drop my examples in, and then you can add to them. No, we'll put the examples in the in the in the in the text below. It's all fine, Ben. We'll um, give them a list. We'll of give them things. a list. We'll give yeah. them a list. We don't need to sit and listen to you reading out a list of things really? like some sort of classified football results. <laughs> you know, I can see it happening now. All right, this then. one is very good. Well, this I, one is also good. It, it just, just to add to what Claire said about um, reading a book that isn't a grammar book. Uh, one of my students the other day said that she was out shopping and she she picked up a book and she read the back cover and she went, "Ah, oh, I can read that. That's easy." And then she got home, read the first page with a dictionary next to her, uh, and it took her an hour to get to the bottom of the first page, and she just through the book on a shelf as you're never well, touching it again. This is this is also something that is worth considering therefore. Yes, being interested in it. But there's a couple of things to to know your level, understand what your capabilities are. If you have to swim through it with a dictionary, you're stopping every other word, you're not going to enjoy that process and you're not ready to act for that level. Don't you, read Billy and his blue ball before <laughs> you've done Jane Goes to the Woods. Thank you, thank you, Ben. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, literary writing, literary writing can sometimes be a more complex nature. I think we have talked about this before. For example, um, Game of Thrones is surprisingly accessible language. It's not too complex. It's what uh, another of our contributors have described. Uh, the, the, the stuff you're looking for is airport literature or airplane mm. books. Uh, kind of, um, I mean, Darren Brown books for example are not that difficult to get into because uh, their use of language is not is the not too complex millennium trilogies it wasn't that difficult either there you go that's there what it's called go. isn't it right the the girl with the dragon tattoo these that's books. the one they're that's not the one, yeah. they're not too difficult so um, do not be do not be put off uh, we have an expression in english uh, never judge a book by its cover it's gonna be great it's gonna be great um but at the same time do not be deterred from a book by its thickness a big wedge of pages, you know, like a fist of, of uh, a book, a book you have to stretch your whole hand around, might not be as intimidating as it first looks, unless it's written by a early classicist uh, Russian writer. I would also add to um, Claire's original advice of uh, vocabulary, always keep your little notebook that you can fit into your pocket with you at all times. Excellent you, advice. You, ne- yep. you never know when you're going to learn, learn something learn new. a new word. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, e- even if you don't live in an English-speaking country, um, it doesn't matter where you are. Sometimes you, you see something in the paper or you see something on a sign or whatever, and uh, you think, ah, oh, remember that, and then you don't. Yep. So have a little book with you. Uh, write things down. You might You might have a question for yourself that you want to think about write down and then answer later on so claire mentioned claire mentioned not writing down translations not translating your vocabulary i would also uh, stress 
write as much information about the word or the phrase as you can. You know, write down where use it's it. A, use it. In use context, it as well. Yeah. What I mean is, is write down where it's a, when you write it in your little notebook. Write down if it's a phrasal verb, a noun, an adjective, an adverb. Absolutely. The, I, and the context in which you met it. And some synonyms if you have some and antonyms yep. and synonyms for the antonyms and antonyms for the synonyms absolutely obviously that's all as clear as mud um there are uh, and for example as teachers we do have many many students it frequently happens i'm sure you'll all agree we have many students who regularly come into class and uh, will say oh i heard this and what does it mean and my first reaction is, I, I do want to bang their head off the table and sort of say, well, what, you didn't bother looking it up yourself before you got here? Uh, my, my my standard answer, and any student of mine will recognize this, is give me the context. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the word uh, uh, hunt can mean different things in different contexts. Um, some some words have different uh, associations as well in, in different contexts, whether they use a noun or a verb. So do have the context in which you heard or met a word if you are going to understand it completely. I do four things in my, my little book. Um, I write um, the word in context, so I use it in a sentence. I write synonyms, for example. So, if I, for example, if you wanted to say skinny, skinny, thin... Come on, give me a, a, a synonym. Slim. Slim, thank you very much. Merrick, do you want to add one to that? Skinny, slim, uh, thin. I can only give you uh, opposites, I'm afraid. Uh, well, uh, so, well, the other one is I'm antonyms. Podge. So you'd say podgy, podgy chubby, yeah, chubby, fat. Yeah. And um, finally, I draw... Fond of the donut tray. Draw a little picture. So if it's if it's a noun or if it's something that you can easily kind of explain with a little, a little uh, image... I basic vocabulary pictures are very good yeah I totally agree if you can't draw it doesn't matter do it anyway yeah you know you. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something but came seems out to have been a wee Scottish was, mouse oh, oh. mouse I was going to say something it doesn't matter can you develop that squeak into it a seemed, <laughs> it seemed to be a squeak of protest ben. no it wasn't actually I was just thinking because when he, when he was talking about drawing I just remembered I, I had this you little, can't draw no, I can't draw. That's oh. true. I, I had this wonderful student when I when I lived in Pamplona, and um, she was just a kid. She was like ten, but every time she learned a new word, she never translated it. She would draw a little picture. Excellent. Without me, I never told her to do it. Yeah. She just and her notebook was just full of words with little pictures, uh-huh. and she would remember what they meant. Wonderful but, phrase that relates yeah. to what you're saying. Different strokes for different folks. I mean, all of the advice that we're giving, um, everybody has their own way of learning and uh, acquiring and. Uh, recording and remembering information so not all of these things will work for everyone but th- th- i think that one of the most important things is that you experiment you try different ways of engaging with the language um and eventually you'll find a method that works for you and uh never lose heart keep the enthusiasm uh, if you v- feel yourself uh, jaded frustrated or down or exhausted what tends to happen is your brain starts to build barriers to understanding We've all been in those moments where our brain literally goes on strike, sits there and folds its arms and goes, I'm not going to do it. And and your head just goes completely blank and you find a, a problem insurmountable. My strong suggestion is in your English time, um, if that happens, stop, take a break, step away and let yourself uh, calm down for a while uh, and, and relax before you, you head back and, and go again afresh. Um, 
Well, it seems obviously that Ben has been consistently contacted Sorry, I it was on throughout this uh, pod recording <laughs> by something was... really important. Uh, would you like to share the information with the whole class, Ben? No. Who's saying what to you? Is it your mania Is telling you to do more lady? shopping? It's just my wife harassing me. <laughs> Telling what, me what, do you want to share the message with the class? It's obviously so important that you couldn't turn it off while we were speaking. <laughs> it's actually about washing the dishes. It's, it genuinely is. <laughs> Which I disapprove of because I would never say dishes. What so you, I don't know what where you she's learned that from. Wash the plates? What, what, do you what would you normally say? Do the washing, washing up? Do the washing, do the washing up. up. Yeah. Absolutely. What does that mean? I, I, I'm a man, I don't know. Anyway, I would say that we have... Ask your good lady um, wife about that. <laughs> and, uh, have I got a good lady wife? I do believe I just have a a, a violent overlord <laughs> and and a wife. We can, uh, You're we talking, can, about talking about Colin. I'm talking about my daughter. I thought you were talking about the dog. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut all of that. The... We ain't cutting nothing. Oh, no, she doesn't I'm listen doing, to this. I'm she? doing this straight up. We are literally we are literally about to hit the music. We have done it again, boys and girls. We have recorded solid, unedited half hour of just, I mean, it's not gold, is it? Um, it, it, it could be... I don't I, even I, think I, it's silver, Mary. It could be bronze. <laughs> green. Is it even bronzy. Copper. Irony, <laughs> copper. Yeah, a, a half hour of solid English copper. That, well, I, that's that's what we've recorded. I would like to sign off with the fact that the the, 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 the the tiny little bits of advice that we've given today are just the tip of the iceberg. And we will be recording more of these episodes describing how you can improve and dedicate yourself uh, in a more productive and efficient way to your English learning experience. Um, Many more examples to be given in future episodes. For for example, things that you can hear in episodes (laughs) to come include... Sorry, I thought you were Ben's about to. Phone. I thought you were about to make a joke about the sound effects of Claire pulling up her sleeves. <laughs> so did I. That's why I said Ben's phone. In preparation to, to, to things that you can hear in forthcoming episodes. Cans opening. Ben eating crisps. Wind. Bodily wind. Oh, I hope not. Other bands practicing loud music through poorly sound insulated walls. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we will provide you um, at some point in the year with another program with uh, some charming little tips and hints. Uh, this year as well, prepare yourself because one of our resolutions as Bulldog, not as individuals, is to provide some more grammar and vocabulary specific uh, classes in the audio recorded form especially for you. And do check the attached information, which I trust will be a list of my uh, links and uh, websites that I think are very useful for English learners. You just have to wait to find out. Um, This has, as ever, been a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on this uh, winding journey of uh, English tip madness. Until next time, Ben... It's goodbye. Good, it's goodbye from him. At Claire, goodbye. Goodbye. Smile. He's waving. Goodbye.